we're like pebbles in a pond mm. and every environment we go into we're dropping ourselves in and what kind of ripples do we want to create yeah because they're felt mm. yeah and i think sometimes people ask us like you know oh you need to get your online courses measured and we have we have done like measurements with the online courses and like got feedback from the students and it's been really good and um, mm. but they're like you know it has to be done by a college and proper statistics and all and then i'm just like yeah yeah there is a place for that but also i don't think we can measure all the effects that we're having like it's it's ripples as yeah. you said and it might not like and i was even thinking like if we come in and do a workshop about expressing your emotions and you rate their well-being and then you rate it after a couple of weeks when they're actually starting to feel their emotions they're probably going to feel worse at the start you know so it's like it's a very hard thing to measure but like if they're moving through the emotions that could be a brilliant journey to start their journey and they might not go down the road of alcohol or drug abuse or contemplating suicide or whatever road that that they might lead if they don't express so it's a very hard thing to measure um and as you said there could be a rip could be just a seed planted that Mm. could ripple and we're just hoping that i suppose by going in and trusting that by sharing authentically um that you're going to promote a positive ripple hello everyone and welcome to the cyclical living podcast a podcast that will inspire and empower you to live your full cyclical soulful life i am sara dusalara founder of the wild rose mystery school a place dedicated to reawakening the wild cyclical ways of our earth body and soul enjoy this episode my love cormac and daryl noonan are the founders of the wolf academy they decided to set up the wolf academy to inspire and empower young people to live a happier and healthier life to become their true selves and achieve their ultimate vision They want to prepare young people for life, not just exams. They do this through talks, workshops, and online courses, and they aim to build an academy where young people can come after finishing school to discover who they are and what they want to do in the world. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this new episode with the Wolf Brothers as our guest. And I'm so delighted to have... Daryl and Cormac with me and um, yeah very excited to hear what they have to say as most people that know this podcast you know it's um, a lot about women and about the menstrual cycle but I also feel that cyclical living is so much more than just in the feminine body and that's why I'm super inspired to bring on some more men and to hear their point of view on cyclical living so that we can really expand it and not make it gender-based but just earth-based and human-based so thank you so much uh for joining me today and yeah yeah thanks for having us sarah (laughs) yeah you're so welcome so yeah my first question uh to the guests is always what cyclical living means to you so um yeah could you tell me a little bit if you have some embodied awareness of what cyclical living means and how you would describe that to the listeners well, for me personally, um, in the last number of years, I have really, I've really noticed the seasons within myself and how I'm affected by them, um, as in winter, spring, summer, autumn. This winter in particular, um, I have really felt that want to hibernate, to go within and not be out expressing myself because with the work myself and Cormac do at Wolf Academy, a lot is, a lot of it is exposing ourselves and being out there, which I thoroughly enjoy. But I suppose doing it during these winter months, I've noticed having to kind of push through not wanting to do that and trying to be, I suppose, okay with that, you know, like because of the society we were in, it's a lot of it's go, go, go. 12 months a year rather than actually taking the time to tune in with what's going on and, and how you're feeling. And in terms of the cyclical living, um, I'm really trying to attune to that these days and only, um, at the weekend, 
somebody described this to me and I've started doing it from today. And that's actually living that cyclical way day to day. So, so I wrote in my, where's my journal? I don't know where the, I don't know where I wrote down, but from the moment I wake up until midday is spring Mm. from midday until 5 6 p.m is summer and from 6 p.m until i go to sleep is autumn and then my sleep is winter so in terms of of that i'm going to spend the mornings which i do is is spring is priming myself for the day so it's getting outside getting the sunlight like flowers need for example Mm. hydrating myself with water doing some breath work, doing some, um, I do this Buddhist practice salon, um, doing these things that are supposed to be preparing myself for the summer. And then from midday to, to the evening, I'm, I'm out there and I'm doing what I need to do. And as the evening comes, then trying to wind down, letting the day kind of, I don't know, fall off and, um, and prepare for sleep. Now, like I said, this only came to me at the weekend. Somebody mentioned something like this and i decided i'm going to try and live my days like that now um today being the first day i've tried that and it's beautiful to have that kind of structure yeah you know like it's um i suppose our human minds love structure so it's um yeah it's going to be an interesting journey to to live in that way and as i said the last number of years i've noticed i've noticed myself in the seasons and how and how they are affecting me and how they do affect me and I suppose it's accepting how you feel at certain times of the year because, um, like I said, society has this, like it should be summer um, yeah. all year round when it's just not. And, um, and they're even, they even put names on people that are affected by the winter months. You know, in here in Ireland, there's actually a name for people that I suppose they call that they get depressed during the winter. And I think a lot of that is because they're having to just still live the same way all year round when actually they probably wouldn't be so much depressed, maybe, yeah. if they were to take that time to actually go in and and not try to keep pushing on mm-hmm. as always. But our society is totally disconnected from that. Yeah. And yes. I think it leads to a lot of problems. It does. And I, and like you say, it does lead to a lot of illnesses. And I, I noticed that as well uh, in my research and my experience where, like you say, that always push, push, push. It leads to so many illnesses. Like you say, in the winter, we call it winter blues here in Belgium, um, where people would take um, pills, antidepressant pills. Mm. But actually, most of the time, it's just the body asking for more sleep and more rest. And so I love that also when you say you put that cyclical living into one day. Mm. I'm, I'm loving that template. That's going to stay with me as well. Mm. And when you were speaking about the spring and preparing yourself, I imagine if you tend the garden in spring, that's when you take the compost and put it on the ground as well to enrich it and fertilize it. So that would be a time where we would also nourish ourselves with great food. And then food also can be a very cyclical thing in your life where you're living with the um, nourishment that is available in the season. I have one more thing to say on that. And I suppose with that spring part, that morning part, like when we are in the schools chatting with students and younger people, we do and people in general not just younger people but how you start your morning will really have a massive effect on your day so if you can imagine an ecosystem where spring was all fucked up and there was there was no rain there was no sun there was no anything it it stayed in winter it's you know or, or else it skipped spring and went straight to, to autumn like everything would be messed up mm. nothing would nothing would um flow and i find that's yeah that morning piece like setting yourself up and fertilizing yourself, maybe like, you know, it's, yeah, it's the way to, to go about your day. And that done consistently, then it's how your life goes. 
Yeah, for sure. And could you tell me a little bit more about the morning practices? Because I know you both have amazing tools and, and ideas on the breath work as well that you do. But could you maybe share a bit about those morning practices and maybe for the listeners who kind of want to start their morning practice, what they could be inspired to do? Or Well, we both have different routines. I like yeah, um, yeah, sure. I, I can go with mine, I suppose. But yeah, it, it changes a lot. Um but at the moment, there's kind of a few things that stay consistent and then I suppose it changes in the way I do certain things. But I have I have a lot of things I do in the morning at the minute. But the main ones are, first thing I do actually when I wake up, um, I have a journal beside my bed and I track my dreams because I find like it's a very healing process. It's like the psyche is healing itself very slowly um, through the dream process and it's good to track that. And I suppose a lot of people say they can't remember their dreams, but if you actually consciously maybe ask yourself before you go to sleep that I want to remember, and then as soon as you wake up, it's write it down straight away because you'll forget it after that. Um, so I find that's really helpful just to, to kind of start. Um, and even sometimes your dreams, it's good to be aware of them because they can kind of almost affect your mood in the morning if, it's a, if it was a bad mm-hmm. one, and um, just to be aware of that. And then I'd go and hydrate myself, like Daryl mentioned, so we drink a drink called flamingo juice barrel named the flamingo juice but it's basically you see why a pint of lukewarm water um half a squeezed lemon and some pink himalayan salt mm. or sea salt that just gives you the electrolytes just to boost your that's why we call it he called it flamingo juice because usually a flamingo on the label of the salt but um oh. that's just to give you back the minerals you lost throughout your sleep and then the lemon gives you vitamins just to help kick start your body for the day for the day um then I'd usually go outside and stand on the grass, my bare feet, to ground myself, um, and just kind of get it, try and come into my body. I just visualize like a, almost like a light coming through all my chakras down into down into the earth, just to ground myself into the body. And then I come back inside and do a little bit of little bit of breathing, um, maybe five or ten minutes of light breath work, and then. I go into like a Vipassana meditation for about 20 minutes. Um, I find that the breath work is a really good way to regulate your state. So, you know, a lot of people say, you know, you should meditate, but I think meditation is a very hard pl- place to start for a lot of people because we're so busy and our minds are racing all the time. So breath work is probably the best place to start for most people mm-hmm. um, or one of the best. So the best. Yeah, Daryl's the best, <laughs> but um, but I really like them. I still like them. For a while, I wasn't doing meditation, but I've came back to it because I really do like that. Mm. Just watching the mind and trying to pull it back every time. Um, so just a simple vipassana, like focusing on the being conscious of the breath. Um, and I've recently done my batekyo training. It's another type of breathing. So I'm focusing on like breathing light, slow, and deep in the morning. So it's like. We usually overbreed and we're breathing through the mouth and that causes more stress. So I'm focusing on just breathing less. Um, so I do just a bit of that light breathing in the morning um, with my meditation. And then I'll journal into my just kind of how I'm feeling in the morning. So they're the kind of the main things. And then I go do some exercise, whether it's the gym or um, a run. So that's kind of the, the main the main parts of my morning. Yeah, yeah. That, sounds, oh, so that sounds a very empowered state to begin with. Mm. because um, I was reflecting on the majority of people, they start their morning very cramped, very little time before they head off to work and mm. sit in traffic and then have all that um, yeah. emotion stuck in there, in their car or wherever the commute. And so all these practices that you do, mm. every one of them is for yourself. It's to nourish mm. your mind, body, soul on all levels. So I, I hear when you speak that, I hear how, which, what, what an empowered state that you start your day of. So everything mm-hmm. that comes from that, mm-hmm. which just ripples out and has such an empowering effect mm-hmm. also on your surroundings. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, do you experience that like that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that's a great word to use is empowering because it's just giving yourself that time. We're lucky enough that we can take that time in the morning, although but you can always get up earlier if you if you say you don't have time but i make sure to give myself plenty of time to do those practices because as you said if i'm not coming from my center 
then all the work I do is not going to be as good anyway. And it's, and I suppose for me anyway, it's not, the work is not the most important thing. It's like who I'm becoming and who I'm being in the world is more important. So it's like, I want to connect my heart, connect my center as much as possible and not get caught in the monkey mind throughout the day. So just the practice of coming back to the breath and centering myself and journaling, who do I want to be today? Or, you know, what do I want to get done today? Just having a bit more direction um, mm. to start today and just that place of centeredness, I think. So, yeah, yeah it's it's hard to sometimes I, I miss it at the weekend or something. And I'm, you know, I'm not too strict on the weekends about it, but I do notice the difference sometimes if I'm not I'm not centered, you know, when I miss it. And everyone gets a day off, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You have to have balance as yeah. well. But also when you said that you were very lucky to have that morning where you can do that, I'd imagine that you created this for yourself. Um, or, yeah. or was your life always like this, where you're always very sovereign mm. of your time? Or was that mm. gradually, did that grow? Maybe both of you. Yeah. Uh, do you want to go well, for me, with that one, myself and Cormac have created a life where we have flexibility in what we do um and what i would say to anybody that feels they don't maybe they are in the nine to five or whatever it is or maybe they have kids and and all these things come into play we don't have kids um but a morning routine to boost your day and boost your life can be done in 15 minutes hydration light exposure which is getting outside and getting sunlight into the eye for five ten minutes and movement that could even be just a walk outside there's the light exposure and the movement it could be a 10 minute walk so you hydrate yourself and walk for 10 minutes outside that's enough that done consistently over time is enough to really start increasing how your your productivity your focus and your energy for the day um but yes myself and Cormac have kind of created a life where we we have more time to go into our own practices and go a bit deeper with it maybe um but I most certainly did not always live like this. Um, for the last three years, um, now it's changed dramatically over them three years, but that is, it's been the last three years where I have been bringing these different practices in and finding what works for me because I've been a lot at the start, I was doing things because everyone else was doing them mm. and maybe not connecting with them very well. So not that it's a waste of time, but it's, it's only, it's not near as powerful as something that you're actually connected with doing, you know, um, yeah. like recently I've found drumming and chanting mm -hmm. and singing like that's opened up incredible doors for me getting lost in that. But that took a long time to find one because singing, for example, dancing was something else that came in at one point. Um, I let that fall off, mm -hmm. but like these things, um, are not well in Ireland anyway. Well, for me personally, I can't say for all of Ireland, but singing and dancing was not something that you were maybe encouraged to do when we were younger. So there's a lot of fear and shame even around that. Mm. So it took a long time to break through them barriers, but that was just that happened because I was I had started with the simpler things and yeah. allowed that to evolve. But up until three years ago, before that, it was just distraction. Yeah. I was distracted constantly um alcohol drugs anything not just that like phone work even um exercise always doing something always doing one of those never ever sitting down i could never have sat down in the morning and allowed myself to feel anything yeah had to be constantly distracted and and i think that's what a lot of people are running on is distraction um and it can look, it can be decorated very well. Um, it can look like success. Um, but it's, if it's, um, I suppose, if for people that I find are always pushing and always trying to achieve and, and never taking a step back, it... Um, it might be a fancy looking car, but it, it could crash at any time. Yeah. You know, like don't open up the, no, it does. It, it does look, <laughs> it's like it's always pushing, pushing, but never being brought to the shop to get the oil changed or whatnot, to look at the inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And then yeah. it just breaks down. So I, I love that, that idea. And that is the template that I 
work with the most, where going from linearity, where there's only one way and that is up into cyclicality, which is action and rest. And then we're back in those four seasons, but also in the awake state, the sleep state, and having those um, follow each other, which is the template that we've been given anyway. Mm. <laughs> Nothing in nature runs in a straight line. Nothing whatsoever. So it's yeah. only, and only very briefly in human history as well. It's not that old, a couple of hundred years, not more, that it's really started to get a flat line to be, and that mm. always action, always push. Yeah. yeah, and even you said about the lines there, even the houses and stuff we live in. Oh yeah, you know everything. Everything is straight lines and squares, mm. and, and nothing in nature is. Yeah, yeah. I seen the the movie recently, or just the other night, The Little Prince, and it's like it's like the future, and it's everything's just square and everything's planned and everything's. And I was like, oh my god, it's like sanitized almost, and it's just horrible. But um, but also just on that point as well, I think it's. For me, with my journey with, I suppose, cyclical living, it's one of the parts is realizing that, as you said, not everything is linearly going straight up, like, you know, your own personal growth. And you might overcome a certain insecurity or a certain obstacle. The next thing it's, you're back in it and you're like, oh, no, I thought it was past this. And it's, for me, it's starting to learn, you know, even when you're in a really good place, like I'm in a really good place right now, but I know that that doesn't last either. And I'm going to go back into the dark darkness of certain things. And it's just knowing that flow into the dark and the, the light almost is, is a natural process. Um, and even for me as well, last year, it's kind of been funny because even in the summer when I should have been, you know, out there and doing things, I actually just wanted to retreat into the, I was like nearly hoping for the winter to come, which was a strange mm-hmm. one for me. Um, maybe because I didn't, allow myself mm. enough time in the winter gone mm. to really just sit with everything and like you know i was doing less probably deeper meditations in the summer because i was you know doing more things outside but um it's just an interesting thing that i'm really only starting to grasp the last couple of years as well like how how to flow within within the seasons um because i think maybe it's not I wouldn't say obviously not all men are like that but I think as a man I maybe struggle more because I'm quite like you know direct this is you know this is the goal here's how I get there but it's like trying to find the flow in between that is is quite difficult for me so Mm -hmm. and it's really a learning process yeah and I definitely hear that about where the men in our society have less of a space where they can get into that dark space and they're Mm. allowed to feel bad and um, maybe not always on top of their game. Mm -hmm. Of course, of women, it's expected as well. But I feel like the the bar for the men in that level is set way higher, where you're not allowed to be emotional or have these deeper spaces. Um, I feel whereas with women, well, you're irrational, you're being named irrational, but you do have the space to get emotional and mm. that is uh, accepted. So do you, do you feel that where for mm. men, it's a bit harder to express the emotions or maybe you've been through that and have released that um, outside spotlight on that, um, but started mm. shining from the inside or with the youngsters you work with as well. Maybe you can speak a bit about that. Yeah, well, I do notice like i have to try and remember though um what it was like to to have that fear to express because i don't have it now um (laughs) so it's funny once you yeah you have to really kind of think back and try and remember um but i do see it i can see it in people's faces um especially men yeah i can it's funny i was only at the mechanics yesterday and there was a guy standing there and i could just see all the pent-up emotion Mm. you know and and it's it's just worn with a frown um, and I, I was looking at him and I was, I have seen that face on so many Irish men, that exact face and that exact posture with the head slightly down and yeah, becoming very aware of that kind of thing. And, um, with the students, I suppose it comes out in different ways. Like we we're only saying there today, um, when we are sharing a bit about our own journey and, uh, the teachers have given, I remember a couple of teachers saying this, they notice the students that are, that's probably resonating with are the ones that are kind of 
trying to make jokes or, or talking or because there's stuff coming up. It's hitting some sort of a chord in there and they're not sure what to do with that. So they misbehave or they do anything. It's to, to, to try and move that energy around probably, you know, and um, that's, I suppose, why we're in the schools is to try and give ways and tools to do that in a, in a healthier way because um, by not acknowledging it, by not acknowledging it for what it was, it doesn't go away. Yeah. Um, these feelings, emotions will pass through if they're felt and acknowledged, I find. Not understood, maybe, but acknowledged. Mm. Um, and that's, I suppose, that's one of the main things that we do try and, and get across. And experiential work, like, for example, bringing them through a bit of breath work um, or a visualization or a bit of movement. Um, oh, that sun is shining right in my eyes. <laughs> or a bit of movement. Um and try and get them to have the experience. It's not the easiest thing to do with teenagers. It's much easier to do with kids from 12 and under or with adults. Yeah, who choose um, to much, be there, yeah. Yeah, yeah much easier, much yeah. easier. Who yeah. choose to be there, exactly. Yeah, because otherwise it's, it's also difficult, yeah. Yeah, and that's another, I'm kind of sick of even saying this. I well, know, maybe I need to keep saying it out there. But we're going to start to bring the students out of the school. Because the forest. Yeah, yeah. Cormac <laughs> did that there recently. Cormac did that there recently. And that will allow them to, I suppose, it will take away the rules of what the school yeah. means. The the uniform as well, get that off. Well, normal clothes. Uh, <laughs> geez, that sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I meant. Yeah, I know. I knew what you yeah, meant. <laughs> <laughs> But like uh, all of these things, I suppose, are barriers to um, to dropping in and and trying these things. But it's it's a great task, I suppose, to um, to work with the teenagers in that way. Woman, please close that curtain. Yeah. To to work yeah. with the teenagers in that way because um, it's probably who needs it. Well, I'd say who needs it most. I don't actually think that's true. I think yeah. I feel like. Everyone needs it at different mm. sta- at every stage, but it's there's not much for the teenagers at the moment. I don't think. Yeah. There's yeah. there's not many people that they resonate with because you know at that age you're like, I know everything, and you know fuck the adults, and we're trying to come in there and be like, be sound, so they actually connect with us, like tell our stories, be honest, like we're just we don't treat them like we treat them like we talk to adults, like they're the same, yeah. you know, they're not underneath us or we don't talk down to them like the teachers. Even sometimes they ask us, can we go to the toilet? I'm like, why are you asking me? Like I'm not mm. a teacher. But, um, so we're just trying to meet them at their, le- at their level and just share some of what we learned on our journey. So it's very like, although they do have to be there, which isn't always ideal. When, once they're there, they tend to connect with the stories and our approach is very like, like we'll even sit down so we're on their level when we're talking and stuff like so i think it's very non like we don't push anything on them we're just offering it to them yeah. you know and just saying here's yeah. the practices we use and the struggles we faced and like you know you might you might resonate with this you might not here you can have it if you want so it's yeah. it's that kind of easier approach it's not forced down their throats like most yeah. of our subjects I think the cyclical living could be an idea to to maybe promote them to start to pop it into my brain there. Yeah. Yeah. A nice way to break up the day and uh, mm. yeah. To help but them also even. the whole thing that you're doing, whereas it's also planting a seed, I feel whenever you're working yeah. with youngsters, but with mm-hmm. everybody, but the whole way of these are my these this is the vision, this is my experience, and take it or leave it, mm-hmm. that has such an effect because you don't know how where that seed will be planted within them and maybe not even in the next five years but maybe yeah. in 10 years time they will remember hmm remember those two dudes that came to my school yeah. <laughs> i yeah. want to be like them mm. <laughs> um I, I remember when i was a child um that was not high school but before there was one lady and she just had a, a trip to australia where she spent some time with the native uh, aboriginal people right. and um, she came in and she made this whole cool journey for us to go through but she was teaching also about the difficulties that the indigenous people face 
and I don't remember her name, but her vision still very clear for me, but she planted a seed within me. And I remember looking at her be like, oh, I want to be like her. And now I'm here working on resurfacing these indigenous knowledge from the lands of the West. Well, Ireland has a lot uh, of indigenous uh, cultures still alive in Belgium. It's very dormant. But so that's what I love also when I look at your work, working with the youngsters, the effect that it can have like the ripple effect, I think it's unknown to, I, I don't think our minds can even possibly imagine mm. the deep effect that it has on these people. And then outside, you know, the ripples go onward. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's like, again, this is something that was only said to me recently, but we're like pebbles in a pond mm. and every environment we go into, we're dropping ourselves in and what kind of ripples do we want to create yeah. because they're felt. Mm. Yeah. And I think sometimes people ask us like, you know, Oh, you need to get your online courses measured. And we have, we have done like measurements with the online courses and like got feedback from the students and it's been really good. Um, mm. But they're like, you know, it has to be done by a college and proper statistics and all. And then I'm just like, yeah, yeah, there is a place for that. But also, I don't think we can measure all the effects that we're having. Like, it's it's ripples, as yeah. you said, and it might not, like... And I was even thinking, like, if we come in and do a workshop about expressing our emotions and you rate their well-being and then you rate it after a couple of weeks when they're actually starting to feel their emotions, they're probably going to feel worse at the start, you know? So it's like, it's a very hard thing to measure. But, like, if they're moving through the emotions, that could be a brilliant journey to start their journey, and they might not go down the road of alcohol or drug abuse or yeah. contemplating suicide or w w whatever road that, that they might lead if they don't express. So it's a very hard thing to measure. Um, and as you said, there could be a rip, there could be just a seed planted that mm. could ripple. And we're just hoping that, I suppose, by going in and trusting that by sharing authentically, um, that you're going to promote a positive ripple. Um, so I think... Yeah, we've we've definitely seen it too. So it's it's just continuing to trust that what we're doing is going to help um, young people. And yeah, we have a we we were actually decided to come up with some retreats. So we have a boys retreat coming up um, for young sorry young men. I need to stop <laughs> not, not boys, but young men um, age sixteen to twenty, just bringing them out into nature in Wicklow yeah. oh. for a couple of days um, away from technology. There's a place we have there with no electricity or running water and um, we're planning to do one for women as well one of the girls Yvonne that works with us is gonna be leading that as well with a couple of other women so I think things like that is like really important to us and it's starting to like we're starting to be pushed in that direction of like helping young people connect with the land mm -hmm. connect with themselves you know um so that's going to be yeah very exciting as well yeah, like the ancient rites of passage from yeah, boy, yeah, boys into men. That's yeah. so important. The <laughs> same, well, I work with them on, on the women, the women, the female archetypes, the rites of passage, mm. but for men as well. Imagine a society where all the young men would have an official rite of passage of mm. now you're a man, mm. the empowerment that they would feel. So yeah, I love hearing yeah. that uh, for your work and I'll be watching it closely on Instagram, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. We're excited about that, that new venture, I suppose. Yeah. And getting out into the land, like you said, is so important. I remember, yeah, I had an experience I don't know, it was about 18 months ago, but um, it was actually, it was a, a mushroom journey in the forest. I'd, I'd been in there for three days without, without fasting um, and with no phone or anything like that. So I wasn't in contact with anybody. So was, I got that time to be totally disconnected. And then in the journey, I took the mushrooms at the very end, which are from this land as well. Yeah. So it was beautiful. But the main message that really stuck to me um was connect with the land then that will allow you to connect with yourself and that will allow you to connect with others mm. so by connecting with nature i suppose it's coming outside of yourself to really connect in to yourself yeah 
that makes any sense. It, it makes sense, but maybe could you speak a bit more too? Because I know what you mean, but yeah, I yeah. can hear the field going like, what? <laughs> so <laughs> maybe if you want to explain that a bit further, that'd be nice. I suppose uh, my own experience is when you really spend a bit of time outdoors in a forest, in a woods, um, close to a river, um, and realize how important it is to look after, um, to look after the land that we are living on because we are actually part of it. Um, and the more that suffers, the more the land suffers, the more we suffer. And if we can create some sort of connection, some sort of respect for the land, um, for the wildlife and, and the trees. And if we can, um, find a way to respect that, then we'll respect ourselves more mm. and then we'll respect others more. Yeah. Because if we have no respect for ourselves, we're not going to have any respect for where we live or who's around us really. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that can be a journey for a lot of people. It was a hell of a journey for me and I'm still on it, respecting myself. Um, do you know, it's like, it's like um, people will go out of their way for other people but they wouldn't do it for themselves when it comes to, say, making food, for example. Mm. You know, people that go to all ends if there's a group of people coming over would never or would rarely just do it for themselves. I'm not saying there's people that doesn't do that, but majority. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's spending a bit of time. It's spending a bit of time in nature yeah. away from um, Wi-Fi signals, away from all that kind of stuff and just tuning in. Um, and I think it only comes by spending a bit of time there. And what I do notice too is even now, sometimes when I go out to the forest, I'm actually doing it now after this, I'm going to camp for a couple of days and I know at the start, there'll be so many things wanting to pull me back out of there because it's literally like detoxing. Mm. It's literally, it is like detoxing and, I've accepted now that that's what it's going to be like at the start and all the reasons now coming into my brain of why I'd rather sit in the warm house and not do it. Even though yeah, I know you're doing benefit. it at winter. That's a tough time to start to go yeah, camping. That's true, <laughs> true. It is. But it's, yeah, it's like everything is trying to pull us back to, mm. to this way of living where, and we're not going to completely go and start living in the woods, but just spending that little bit of time, maybe not even having an agenda, just going out there and mm. seeing what comes of it. Mm. Not having, like, not being like, okay, I'm going to connect with that tree and this is how I'm going to do it. No, just go sit there, light a fire, try to stay off the phone, listen to, yeah, and just listen. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I think just being, you mentioned time there a few times, but just when you go to nature, it's like time is no longer relevant. You know, it doesn't matter what time it is. It's just the sun rises and the sun sets, but like you're watching the sun go down. And it's just like that timeless nature when you're in there and no responsibility. It's, it's just, I don't think much people get a chance to feel that a lot of the time. Mm. So I think that's why I love going out there. I nearly want to go now, but uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I hear that. That's one of the joys to just leave the phone or leave the, the clock away and live mm. with the sun. Um, I don't think, I think the majority of people don't, have never even tried that um but i i also feel like that experience is so important it's just so it's so nice it's peaceful that is really what i feel when you can live like that there's so much peace and like you say there's less things oh i should do this i should do that it's more of like you get you be moved by the desire Mm -hmm. and that is a very nice state Mm -hmm. to be in um which we don't have when we're too stuck in our agenda and the the time and stuff but when you were speaking about going into the forest for a couple of days i was also feeling uh, hearing the example that you said for the morning when you start every morning with a 15 minute walk where you try to find a little bit of nature around you if you live close to woods that's amazing but if you don't still go to a park or whatnot and in that way that is for me, at least, how my cyclical journey started was literally just by walking outside mm. through all the seasons. If it rains, it rains. 
take an umbrella mm. with you or whatever. And, and like you say, right. don't just keep the excuse of, oh, but it's winter. I'm not going to go camping now. Well, I would say that that would be my excuse. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if, it, if it's a 15 minute walk, feel the cold. And that not only is good for our mental health, but also for our body. Our bodies literally developed with the seasons, with the changing of the weather. So it would be very good for us on an epigenetic level as well to really feel that move of the cycles. Mm. I find that, sorry, go on. I just, I didn't know. I was anything. just going to say, I, I, <laughs> I feel that just when you were talking there, I just got an image of everyone here wrapped up all year round or like keeping themselves at the same temperature all year. So it's, you're warm during summer, but then keeping themselves as warm as possible, yeah. as much as possible, the whole way around to summer again. So never experiencing any sort of coldness. Yes. Now, we don't need to go out and sleep under the stars in the freezing cold, but allow yourself to feel the cold mm. because that's, that's how you build your immune system. No wonder everyone here is, or so many people are so sick all the time because mm. yeah. they're not allowing themselves to, to experience the elements, which is what we're made up of mm. But when it all comes yeah. down to it. And the, and you'll also like feel better after because mm. I just at the weekend as well, I was in um, Betty's town at the beach and I was supposed to go for a swim and then we, me and my girlfriend went for food first. We got a little bit of food. I was just sitting in the cozy, warm cafe and I was like, I was a bit tired. I hadn't slept for a while, so I didn't feel, I wasn't feeling great. And I was kind of like, I'm all warm. I was like, oh, the last thing I want to do is get in that sea. Like it's freezing. <laughs> but did you do it? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So when yeah. I did, I was going to say, you're, felt, you're not a man if you didn't. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> One against everything else we said. Uh, that hurt my feelings. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, and then when I actually did it, it was fucking, felt as cold as I've ever felt because I hadn't been in in like two weeks or something, which is quite long for me. And well, afterwards, I suppose, just everything was nicer, like sitting in the car with the heat on and every, all the comforts were just, that much more nice compared to half an hour before when I, I had all the comforts but I was you know you just become so numb to everything because you're just sitting in a cafe and I was just mm. any pleasure just without some sort of discomfort I suppose just becomes a bit numbing after a while and it doesn't really have the same you know you don't have that same vitality for it so mm. I felt just exposing yourself to these to the elements and getting out there and then it's when you come back then it's you know that feeling of mm. oh i appreciate i don't have to stay out in the cold i don't have to sleep in the cold i just get to experience it and then come back so yeah i was just saying that we are very privileged to anybody that we can even think about doing these things mm. that it's not just that we're not living in just pure survival mode yeah um which a lot of people are um so mm. yeah it's it's really like realizing the the privilege mm -hmm. that we have to be yeah. yeah put time into even doing this yeah and i that's something that i before i started doing this um with my coaching business and the mystery school i was working at a social worker with homeless people and people without documents mm. who are traveling from sudan and um those places through brussels and after spending a winter with them, people who don't have a home, there hasn't gone a day where I haven't entered my warm house and I haven't thanked my warm house. Mm -hmm. um, before I would be in, in a state of guilt where, oh, I have that warm house and they don't. Mm -hmm. Now I don't see it so much as a guilt. I just see it. Yeah, that's a very huge thing. I think with, with people with big hearts, you know, there's so much stuff really fucked up with her in our whole system that we can take it personally like oh we have it but they don't but now i do um have come to change that narrative as in i am super grateful and i trust that the ripple effect where you say the the pop the pebbles that we throw into the pond that that will then create and disrupt the system that even allows people to sleep outside when so many houses are empty and then, mm -hmm. but like you say, if we do these practices, if we do these things, and if we start to acknowledge and be grateful for these tiny things, which actually are huge, like a warm house, then we can also be more aware and creative for the whole and, and, and carry that mm -hmm. on. 
and teach the younger ones. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And I think there was a fellow, Ravi, he said he does massage up in Dublin, but he, he's also like a spiritual teacher. Um, and I remember I kind of had the same problem, like this guilt, you know, and I said to him, I was like, I think I just, part of me just wants to go to Africa and just help people who are like, you know, worse off than me. Like, what's the point in me being here? And he goes, is the problem greed or poverty? And I was thinking, well, it's actually greed. We actually have enough, you know, in the world to support everybody. So he's like, okay, so greed is the problem. So he's like, so where does your work need to be done? And I was like, with the greedy people. So he's like, yeah. So he's like, so you're in the right place. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, that is the work. Yeah. Um, it is. It definitely is. That's um, a big part of what I'm very passionate about is decolonization. Because mm. the, the coloniz colonizing times, they're not over. Slavery, it's not over. It's still very mm. alive and kicking. And yeah. like you say, the, the problem is, well, the problem is both ways, but it is here in the West yeah. I'm, I'm in Belgium, capital of Europe. Well, Ireland is also part of Europe. Um, we are very much at the foundations of keeping that system alive. And the more people of us that become aware and change our ways, and they're these spiritual practices that you've been speaking about that make you aligned, will then not have you try and look for distractions in shopping um, or alcohol or all these products that are designed and that are feeding that system and, and it's so mm -hmm. simple, like you say, we're just turning back to the breath or feeling the emotions. It's simple, but it's hard. <laughs> but still, yeah, maybe if you want, um, being mindful of the time, but speak a little bit about that shift for anybody who's listening and who's like, mm, I do find myself distracting myself a little bit because of the grief that... Uh, comes along and the guilt that comes along what what would you say to those um what where could they start um what do you think if there is someone listening and that like you said is resonating with the distracting um what i would do personally is carve out some time in the morning carve out 15 20 minutes to just sit and be and to maybe document how you're feeling each morning. Um, and then if you are noticing, for example, if it's anxious every morning, sitting there and seeing if you can actually see, like, forget about the fact that, like, yes, the anxiety is there. Try to ask yourself why. Document that. And keep, get consistent with that. 15 minutes. 15 minutes. And you'll start getting to you'll start getting to realize why maybe that's there. And again, once these things are acknowledged, I find, like Cormac said, if it was something like that to start tuning into why you're distracting yourself, because we're distracting ourselves for a reason. There's things going on and we don't want to look at them. Um, it, and the breath, even for five minutes to focus on the breath and allow you to drop into a more relaxed state. And then you might be able to tune in with yourself better mm -hmm. and start to realize, okay, I think maybe my anxiety is coming because I'm this or that, because I'm doing this. Maybe this isn't working for me. So then maybe you could try to stop doing this particular thing, see if it eases up. If it doesn't, maybe go looking again. Get curious with it. And I guarantee you, even just starting that process, even deciding to start that process will ease things. And maybe you won't go for the distractions as much. Just even deciding to take a bit of responsibility because nobody else will do it for you. Nobody else can do it for you. Yeah. It has to be 100%. And, and when it comes to things like distracting yourself and that, especially if it's in some of the more damaging ways, doing it for anybody else. Like I met a lot of people that, in like treatment centers, in addiction treatment centers, and they're in there for their wife, for their kids, for things like that. And yeah, fair enough, they're very they're very important people in their lives, but it's not enough to get you to pull away. You must get to the root cause of why you are distracting. Mm -hmm. And only you can figure that out, and only you will figure that out 
if you actually want to change. Because if you don't, there'll be that part of your mind that will keep it shut off. Because it doesn't want to be found. It doesn't want to be sorted out. It wants to stay in this uncomfortable, damaging way of being because it's comfortable there and it's all it knows. So it has to come from a place of actually wanting it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Actually wanting it for yourself and carving out a little bit of time in the morning. Start with that 15 minutes in the morning where you sit there, take a few breaths and document how you feel. Because Cormac kind of got me into that practice of journaling. It really helps figure out your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, anxiety a lot of the time for me is when I'm have all these other th- these things spinning around in my head and I can't make sense of anything and it's just anxiety yeah but when I can write them out it can make a lot more sense of things mm-hmm. sometimes it might not even be a big deal but it's manifesting into something big in your mind yeah and it, you like, you're not heaping up on, on an already huge pile because when you were speaking there I I I, I hear the extreme value in what you're saying i reflected on me i also had an addiction to weed that was that was my thing for seven years i I used to smoke almost daily and like you say quitting for someone else never worked but it was from the moment that i decided to stop distracting myself and stop using also the excuse of oh but i need this to calm down no actually every time when you feel an emotion rise and you smoke that joint or drink that glass of beer whatever you're just piling more stuff on the already huge pile and you're going to need to feel them anyway. So I love that 50 minutes journaling, very gentle, be gentle with yourself. Also when you do that, I love that. Um, for me, curious. yeah, curious, but also I feel a bit of help, um, here is important as well. That's what I've seen for my speaking for my, um, experience and maybe you guys have that same or different, um, I went to a holistic health practitioner mm-hmm. with that process, but I, quitting smoking was never my goal. It was to figure out the pain in my body that was not physical, but emotional, but it manifested in physical pain, but yeah. going in like, um, a longer phase of kind of like a treatment is treatment is maybe a too big of a word, but you know, getting some support, getting some help with that. Um, that was also key. Because when you're writing it down and noting it down, I love that. And that is so, such an important part because you, you, if you want to get to know yourself, you need that. But, or what would you suggest if you take that beyond? Because if, if it's only with you alone, maybe is there like, um, I feel maybe like a danger of having it looping and not going over? Or do you see that differently? Yeah, I think... I think I know what you're getting at there. And I think it's mm-hmm. like <clears throat> that awareness is the first piece, like the most important piece yeah. as well, possibly because without that, there's no change. So <clears throat> it's with the journal and I find it's yeah. Capturing the feeling, the emotions, writing them down. And then it's like, okay, what am I actually going to do about this? This is for me now speaking as a man, it may be different um, for, for your process. But for me, what really works is, you know, acknowledging the feelings there. And it's like, what can I do to solve this, to change this? Um, so I'd be quite action oriented. So I'd be like, okay, I'm actually like, you know, I'm feeling stressed about work because of all these things I have to do. And I don't know if, you know, I'm forgetting something. I have to email someone back. So I'm like, okay, that's how you're feeling. It's like, okay, you can calm down. The world's not going to end. But if you, wa- you want to stop this from looping, it's like, you need to start getting more organized, take some action to like, Okay, so tomorrow I'm going to just take the day to actually organize all my shit so I'm not stressed about everything and worrying I'm forgetting something. So, like, that's, for me, what I find really beneficial. Um, obviously, reaching out, to reaching out to people as well. I tend not to do that as much, to be honest. I tend to just try and figure it out myself. Reaching out would be kind of a later step, but that's just, you know, everyone's process is different. Um, so some people might get way more benefit just reaching out originally um, to figure it out or talk it out. But um, so, yeah, they're just obviously that's kind of the way I, I ever look at it myself. Yeah. If somebody was really struggling and couldn't, didn't even have the, the willpower to carve that time out, then reaching out to someone else, even a professional, mm. even for one, even for one chat could be 
the most beneficial thing you can do. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah, speaking out loud, talking, it can mm-hmm. be just exactly what's needed. Yeah. Because bottling stuff up just never really ends mm-hmm. well. No. Yeah, well, I see the, the symbols of um, the circle turning into a spiral. And whether or not then with the new awareness that you have of your own pattern, that circle that is repeating in yourself, whether or not you take action on your own to mm-hmm. change it, or you go outside to bring in somebody new, um, yeah. maybe not the person that you always go to and get the same <laughs> feedback from, but actually someone like you say, a professional or whatever, or somebody that you admire that has been through the path themselves, maybe mm-hmm. instead of the friend who's in the same boat. Um, then you're opening up that spiral into, uh, opening up that circle into a spiral and you can really move out of it. Mm. Yeah. And that brings it back to cyclical living to me. (laughs) Mm. Whereas we don't need to figure it all out in once. And like, like you say, we, we've mentioned it a couple of times in this episode is we're still on the path, all of us, and we're always going to evolve. So just allowing ourselves also that time to flow in and out of these things and not trying to figure it all out at once, which mm. is your message for me as well. Like listening to your podcast episodes and seeing the messages on social media is that I feel that's what you guys say a lot as well. It's like, you don't need to have a figure it all out. Mm. I have to tell myself that as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. All right. So um, thank you so much. Uh, my last question for all the listeners is to ask, I ask them to paint a picture of how they imagine the world would look like if everybody would be living in a cyclical way. Mm. Mm. Yes. Mm, that's an interesting one. Yeah, it is. Do you know First thing that comes to my head is the society we were in would probably collapse. Uh, yeah, the one that we've structured now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if everybody was, yeah. It, 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 a lot of, like, everything would change because, yeah, it would. Because the way it's been built is on that go, go, go 20 four seven all day all year round so it would be well it'd be totally different i'm trying to actually think i feel like it'd be more community-based and going back well it's going forward but like almost back to those kind of more tribal settings where it's you know smaller groups communities working together obviously support each other yeah people supporting each other doing playing different roles within the community but a much more balanced way of living because you know um it's not multinational companies getting all the profits it's it's people doing jobs for each other bringing that sense of community back which is obviously it's been decimated the last 20 years like i don't know we don't know our neighbors around here really so it's like bringing back that sense of community working together everyone focusing on their skills and their unique gift we were only talking about that the other day like if you follow your joy or joseph, as joseph campbell would say follow your bliss and you'll find your unique gift that you're meant to do in the world and everyone's is slightly different so like if everyone was following that and living in harmony with that and with nature i feel like everyone would just be in their perfect spot and the community would just work like well obviously there's gonna be problems but you'd sort them out and in, in within the community and everyone has a voice so yeah that's a utopia that maybe we might be moving towards but it's obviously going to be a bumpy road to get there because if things are collapsing like it's it'll be a bit of chaos for a while but yeah it would be we'd have to let go of a lot of what we're actually our comforts are Mm. i would say you know um it would be totally different but like it would i would say things like depression suicide and all that said m rates would drop dramatically um Mm when it eventually leveled itself out um because but yeah it would be 
Yeah, that's sending me on a hell of a journey here in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> you can take it with you on your uh, camping trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll have the answer for you in two days. All right, well, let's come schedule one now. No, thank you so much. I love that vision and uh, of community-based and um, especially that piece where you said uh, harmonizing. Mm. Um, yeah, when you were saying that, I was like, oh, that's so at the base of cyclical living, harmonizing. Mm with ourselves, mm. with the body, with the earth. Mm. Makes me mm. all warm inside. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for joining. People that want to connect with you, do you have some online work as well? Or is it all um, in person in Ireland or both? Because there are probably going to be some Irish listeners as well. Who maybe have... Uh, well, the in-person, the in-person stuff is obviously in Ireland, but we have online programs um which can be done worldwide i suppose um for the students we have but to be honest it can be done by anybody really it's aimed at the at um the students but we've had adults do some of them them courses on and got lots from it but they're on the website wolfacademy.ie um and then we're on facebook instagram again wolf academy irl and yeah is there anything else yeah i think that's pretty much it <clears throat> they can find us find us there yeah, yeah. <laughs> links are down below as well so that's easy for people to click on and to Perfect. connect yeah and also the the podcast warm uh, oh, yeah. shout out to listen to the podcast of the the wolf brothers very very beautiful very deep mm. yeah cheers yeah that's what it's called the wolf brothers podcast i'll link it too all right thank you so so much and have a very beautiful day thanks sarah Sarah. thank you i want to thank you for listening to this episode my love if you feel inspired to work with me on a deeper level then i invite you to check out my offers on my website wildrosemysteryschool.com or through Instagram where you can find me as deuce.sarah. And for now, sending you much love and cyclical bliss. Bye-bye.